This is Hacker Public Radio episode 3197 for Tuesday the 3rd of November 2020. Today's show is entitled, Pens, Pencils, Paper and Ink 3, and is part of the series The Art of Writing. It is hosted by Dave Morris, and is about 24 minutes long, and carries an explicit flag. The summary is, looking at another batch of writing equipment. This episode of HPR is brought to you by Archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to Archive.org forward slash donate. Hello everybody, welcome to Hacker Public Radio, this is Dave Morris and um, I'm just going to do a show on pens, pencils, paper and ink, the third in the the little group, I'm not even sure it's a series that I've been doing, it's been a fair while since I last uh, did one of these, somehow or other time runs away. I think this might be the last one because I don't have a huge lot more to say than I'm going to say in this episode. But um, if I think of anything else to add, I'll come back. But for the moment, it's uh, likely to be the last one. But uh, I know there are a few people out there who are also interested in this subject of stationery and the like. And um, I strongly encourage them to come up with a, with a show themselves because I know... It's an interesting subject. Just listening to somebody who enjoys a thing, talking about it, is interesting in itself. But I know there's a number of people who quite like uh, the whole area of pens and calligraphy and that type of thing. So go for it. And we're short of shows, so it's very, um, very appropriate to think about doing that now. So today I'm going to talk, in this third episode, about two Chinese fountain pens I have a mechanical pencil, a gel pen, and some inks and some paper. Now, a few years ago, I was tempted by a Chinese range of pens, which I think is pronounced Jinhao, and uh, you can see them all over the place. I think they're quite attractive-looking pens. They're usually quite solidly made, or look, look as if they are, with an attractive finish, and they're also very low-priced, actually, considering uh, what you can pay for a pen. So I bought the two of them. One is the Jinhao X450. It's a while ago actually. 2013 I bought this one and it cost me £5.28 which is a minuscule amount. And I also bought a Jinhao 500 from eBay as well and that was 2016 and it cost US dollars The 500 seems to have been discontinued now but the X450 is available still. So there's a couple of pictures, one with the two pens closed up and then them open up to show the nibs. They're really big, chunky nibs they have on them. And they are heavy pens. They're made of, I think, probably brass, but I don't really know. It's not not easy to tell because they're enameled. 
They write really nicely, actually. It depends whether you like a heavy pen or not. I quite like the feel of these. In fact, I like the, the Jinha 500 more than the other one because it's got a straight barrel and it's just a, has got a, a cap with a flat top to it, which I think is quite elegant. And it's uh, it's pretty pretty cool. I mean, there's some aspects of it that look a little bit tawdry, but uh, on the whole, it's, it's not bad. Um, they come with um, converters in them. They are, both both of these have a colourful finish. They're, I think the material that they use for them is celluloid. I'm not sure. Push-fit caps, which is a bit of a down, downside. With the 450, you can't put the cap on the end of the, the barrel. You can't post it, as the term is. It just falls off. And with it on, it's, it makes the whole thing a bit too heavy and uncomfortable anyway. The 500 cap can be posted, but the balance doesn't seem right. So these are too big and heavy for, for working that way. I, I probably don't have big enough hands to, uh, to make that a comfortable thing to do. I think they take international-sized cartridges, but I've never tried them. They both write really nicely. The X450 seems like a very large pen when you're writing with it compared to many other fountain pens that I, I have. And it there's, um, takes a little bit of, to get used to them, I find, anyway. The nibs are uh, medium and they're steel. I think you'd refer to them as fine if it was a European pen. I've mentioned before that Asian pens tend to have names that uh, imply a larger size nib than they really are. But the main downside of these two pens is that they dry out. Pen, a pen will dry out if you leave it with the cab off. You know, you're writing with it, you put it to one side, you do something else for half an hour and come back to it, you might find that uh, it's not gonna, the ink's not going to be coming out that easily. You should put the cap on. But even with the cap on, these pens dry out. Uh, not during a rush, writing session, but they do if you put them away with ink in them and uh, come back to them a few weeks later, they're dry. Or they've completely dried out in some cases. And um, it makes me reluctant to, to use them to a large extent. As I was writing the notes for this, I was going to say I wouldn't recommend either of them. I did ink up the 500 and used it for a few days and I, I really enjoyed using it. And uh, I found it was a very pleasant... Well, the weight I got used to, but the, the, the effect of the nib was really nice. The nib is smooth and the ink flow is good. I actually keep a, a paper journal or it used to be called a commonplace book back in the day. And I keep sort of thoughts and observations and general jottings in there. And I also use it as writing practice so I can ensure I use a fountain pen on a regular basis. And the uh, Jinha 500 was great for this. The X450 had been left out the time I was uh, preparing this episode. And uh, it was completely dried out. There was dried ink in it. It needed to be cleaned out and re-inked. It's not my favourite pen. It's too big. The nip's not fine enough. I'm not sure I would really rush to, to use it anymore. So um, it's one of these investments that was maybe a bad investment. It's got... It'll be stuck away in a box for uh, the rest of its life, most likely. And the fact that they dry out. I really like to think of a way of coming up with a seal of some sort that stops them drying out. But I don't know. I can't I can't think of anything that would achieve that. Unless you wrap them up in a, in, um, a plastic bag or something. 
Anyway, that's enough about the Jinhaos. There's loads of them, by the way, of different types. Maybe some of the some of the men that in the range are better than others. If they look attractive to you, it might be worth having a having a shot just to see whether you can find one that you like and works well for you. But uh, I think my foray into this is probably over now. So I have a number of mechanical pencils like these for a long, long time, ever since they became available, which were probably in the 1960s, maybe before that, but they were popularly available then, I think. always liked them and used them. I uh, I like to use a pencil for just making odd jottings, notes about a thing I want to do or something like that, making shopping lists or whatever. I do a little bit of woodworking from time to time, but not really got into using um, a mechanical pencil for marking wood. You tend to use a, an ordinary pencil, um, mostly for that. Anyway, the pencil I have most recently bought is called the Graph Gear 1000, and it's from the, the pen and pencil manufacturer Pentel. It's a pretty robust mechanical pencil made of metal, it's got a knurled grip which has a sort of translucent rubber insert, rubber or plastic insert, so it's, that stops it sliding through your fingers. That's one of the downsides of sort of polished metal barrels, I find. It is quite heavy. My first reaction was I wasn't sure I liked it because of the heaviness, but I've actually grown to, to enjoy using it a lot. It's my favourite at the moment. Pressing the button on the top causes the lead and the surrounding sleeve to extend. You can see in my pictures that it's um, it shows the sleeve and the, the leather sticking out and also the uh, when it's retracted. So when you use the clip to fasten the pen in your pocket or you just press the top of the clip then uh, the sleeve and the lead are retracted. So that makes it quite safe from uh, from damage because that's one of the things that can happen to a mechanical pencil. If you remove the cap then you find an eraser and that's usually the case. You can add more leads by taking the, uh, the eraser out. I tend not to use that eraser, I would use a separate one. There's a picture to show what I'm talking about anyway. Apparently this pencil is very popular with engineers and woodworkers because it can stand up to um, knocks and uh, and stuff in a in a uh, workshop. I am not that keen to use it in that context as I've said because I'd probably ruin it. I've already dropped this once and uh, I was lucky I didn't break anything. So I'm going to go with a with a standard pencil I think. When I, once I have a better workshop and I'm trying to organise that and I might think again about that. I bought a set of three of these pencils from Amazon. They cost £19.99 in February 2020. And I kept one for myself and passed the other two to my children, both of whom enjoy using them. There are other sizes other than the 0.5mm I bought. There's a 0.3, a 0.4, a 0.7, 0.9. You could have a whole bunch of these things if it, if it was appropriate to have different leads, different diameters and that sort of thing. If you wanted that, that's not a thing I'm likely to get into. If you were into sketching with a pencil, then it might be an appropriate thing to do. One of the downsides of this pencil, and with other pencils nowadays, is if the section where the lead protrudes, the, the, if for whatever reason you get 
lead dust and particles in there which really you want to be able to clean out then it's extremely difficult to do that it did happen to me when i dropped it it dropped onto the lead and it broke inside this tube didn't damage the tube but um it uh, it made made all these particles and then when i came to feed more lead through it wouldn't go so back in the day the first bought a mechanical pencil the bottom side of the eraser had a very fine wire into it in the end of it and you could poke it down to down this uh, the channel where the lead goes to clean it out not seen a mechanical pencil that does that for a very very long time and it's a shame but i've actually used um fuse wire whatever rating it would be one of the smaller pieces of fuse wire to do it as well because i don't have fuse wire anymore because my house has circuit breakers but um anyway you can actually shove a piece of broken piece of lead down there if you want to that's what i did in the end to clear it out but it it should be easier maybe there are ways in which you get hold of really fine wire that would that would do it but i don't have anything for electronics or anything of that sort that would do it and a pin or a needle or something it's nowhere near small enough anyway moving on talk briefly about gel pens i do use a gel pen from time to time if i'm not using a fountain pen or a mechanical pencil then a gel pen is often the thing i would reach out for and i bought one called the zebra zebra is a well-known pen maker and it's called a sarasa clip and i bought one of these back in 2019 because i've seen a lot of people mention them this is black this one i've got with the point five millimeter tip there's pictures of it points retractable there's a there's a button on the top that lets you um, stick it stick it forward or retract it's got a rubber sort of grip to it so it's nice to to hold ink dries nice and quickly and as far as i can see a certain amount of water resistance doesn't say so though i look into the pictures in my uh, episode i've used good proportion of the the ink in this one and uh, I think you just have to throw it away when you finish with it and get another one. There's no, as far as I'm aware anyway, there's no refill available. But it, it's a really nice thing to use. I, it's one of the few gel pens that I, I like. So I um, thought it was worth mentioning it to um, just pass on the possibility of, of um, you grabbing hold of one and seeing what you think of it. So next is inks. Uh, I'm not going to go into great de- detail here. There are podcasts and YouTube channels that talk about ink to the umpteenth degree. But I'm not, I don't really want to get into that because I'm not that bothered by the by the ink characteristics. There are a lot of inks out there. The ones I tend to go for are the simpler type. They, they just have different colours and water-soluble. But there are other inks which have tiny particles of metal, I assume, which makes them shimmer when you when you write with them. Inks with sh- with scents or inks that change colour as they dry and permanent inks. I've never used a permanent ink because it's really hard to to get out of your pen to clean your pen out after you've used them. Never really had a need to use any of these. My first example of an ink that I really enjoy is from the company, the French company, J. Herbin. H-E-R-B-I-N. They produce quite a lot of pens. I've got some pens. I mentioned them in one of the earlier shows. Uh, they sell ink and sealing wax and all sorts of other stationary things. 
and um, there's a link to the website if you're interested in the history. But the the ink I like for my fountain pens is called Bleu Pervenche, which means periwinkle blue. Pervenche is a is a periwinkle, a little little blue flower. I also have some brown cartridges for for a pen which use an ink called Terre de Feu, which is French for Tierra del Fuego or Land of Fire the southernmost tip of South America. So there's some cool inks in the range. If you go looking at the website, there's loads and loads and loads of them listed out there with colour examples and stuff, as much as you can rely on the colours when you're looking at a website. But um, they're a little bit expensive, but they're pretty good. I just like it because I like that colour. That particular colour is, is really... It's a nice blue. It's not too dark. I quite like some dark inks, but... Uh, some, some lighter colours are nice. The other ink that I have loads of is from a company called Diamine. They've been producing ink for quite some time, 1864. They're a UK company based in Liverpool. And uh, you can buy bottles of ink of various sizes and cartridges. I have a collection of these and I've got the 30ml and the 80ml bottles. The 80ml bottles are moderately expensive, though they will last a long time. I think six or seven pounds or something for a, for an 80 mil. I usually check out the colours by buying a 30 mil bottle to see whether I like the, like them. And if I do, I would I would buy the larger bottle. I've listed out what I have in my 30 mil. There's a photograph of my collection, or some of it. You can't actually tell what the colours are from the bottles because it's on the top and I took a picture of them from the, the front. There's a list of the 30 mil colours that I have. And things like the brown, ancient copper, and purple, Tyrian purple. I quite like that one, actually. Violet, I also quite like. I don't know why, but if somebody writes you a letter in violet, you're going to think they're a little bit cracked, but whatever. I just like the the variety. Then I've got a bunch of 80ml bottles. seem to have five of those at the moment. I guess my go-to one is Onyx Black, (laughs) because... It's boring <laughs> and it's it's black. But I didn't enjoy damson very much. I bought that without sampling at first. It's a sort of bluishy, purplishy thing. Not very keen on it. But the the Azer Blue, Bilbrae I enjoy. Sherwood Green. If you feel like writing a green letter then it's a, Sherwood Green's a good colour. You can see loads and loads of information about their inks on their site website which is listed here. So that's all I'll say about inks. But I was recommend the diamonds if you have access to them there if you want to get into colored inks in your fountain pen those are those are a good place to go just a little bit about paper and uh, i've mentioned already that there are specialist papers for fountain pens and i mentioned the rhodia company and their paper which uh, i know a lot of people go for um, because it's uh, generally available and you can write on this sort of paper and it doesn't seep through to the other side and so forth fountain pen friendly is the way a lot of people put it so one brand i use a bit is called claire fontaine which is a french company and i just chopped a bit out of their um, website to say where they are and stuff i'll leave you to read that if you're interested i have one a4 notebook which i've taken a close-up picture of you can see the logo it's a sort of leathery... It's a card cover. It's a stapled... It's got stapled paper. It's got... It's ruled paper. 
It's got a card cover that has a sort of leather-like look to it. Quite nice, actually. I think it's quite attractive. Not used it yet, actually, it's, but uh, but I have some smaller ones, some A5 sizes that I use a bit more, which are which also quite quite good value. Why they call the A4 one age bag? I have no idea. Maybe it means something in French. I don't understand. So there's that's a brand that if you come across it is quite good for fountain pen friendly ink. That's really the, the the message. Then there's the Oxford stationery brand, which is a is a UK based brand, and um, they. But I think it, think the their products are pretty widely available. There are two things which are quite good. First is if you're into uh, bound notebooks then choose something from the Oxford Black and Red case-bound notebook range. I bought some of these. These were cheap in, on Amazon a few years ago, and I bought a whole stash of uh, them. They're £5 each. You get you get about 192 pages, it says in the brochure. So it's a fair bit of, of um, paper. It's 90 GSM paper, and it's really really good good to write on and the book the notebook is a, is a sewn together type thing so it's it's really old fashioned sort of thing but it it opens out reasonably flat and it's uh, just something that if you want to have notes in a more or less permanent form it's good to use one of these i used to use a cheaper version of this when i was studying for my uh, pre university exams um, though i didn't do it when i got to university cuz it turned out to be a bit expensive <laughs> Anyway, they're they're pretty good. There's even a a ribbon marker in these things, so they're quite old-fashioned and quite classy, I think. Anyway, I was going to put a photo in the the notes, but I couldn't find them. I've tidied them away somewhere, so obviously I'm not using them at any great rate or even at all. The thing I am using quite a lot is another Oxford product, which is the, the there's a whole range of campus refills and notebooks that you can buy. When my kids are at school. And they needed to take their own paper along to to uh, the classes and stuff. I used to look out for these because at the start of the school year, they were available in the supermarkets and they were cheap and plentiful. And um, they, I think they were like half price, if not less. So you could, I used to just grab a handful of them and uh, keep them around. And they were used quite a lot, but... Uh, I didn't judge the rate of use against their their need, against the the, the length of time they'd need them at school, and so they stopped going to school and and didn't want to continue using them afterwards. I think they maybe moved towards uh, taking a computer with them to the to their their lectures and stuff. So I've got a fair number of them in the house, but I do use them. They're great for. I did a astronomy course a year or two back, and I dedicated one of these spiral bound notebooks to that course and uh, related stuff so that's quite good i plan on doing something doing another um university course there's still free courses available i'm just going to do another one using one of these there's also a pad which just got loose it's got sheets that you can take out and um add to a a ring binder only slight disadvantage and it is only slight uh, um is that all of these are ruled paper which is fine but I wish there was a narrow ruled version. And my writing tends to be quite small. And with a narrow paper, narrow ruled paper, I tend to, to write between those lines more effective than, than when there's they're wide ruled. I find I leave a lot more space on a page than I really wanted to. But 
Anyway, I can live with it. So there's a picture of the various uh, notebooks and um, refills and stuff. And it's, uh, as I said, it's the nine, it's same as the uh, the case band book. It's a 90 GSM paper. So it's, it's really good. There are many other suppliers of paper and stuff, but I haven't had any direct experience of them. So I'll leave you to investigate further. So I think that that's the end. There's not anything else that I need to, to say. I hope you found it useful. If you um, would like me to do anything more on this subject, there's things like fixing a nib on a pen, which I was going to do in this one, but I didn't. I never got around to do, doing the making the fix. Things like how you clean a pen, how often you do that. And various other things, refilling pens, various different ways. There's 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 a lot of subjects there but i don't know how many people are interested in it if you would like to hear more on that subject let me know and i'll maybe add another one to this uh, small series but otherwise we're probably done at this point i hope you found it useful and uh, catch you later bye you've been listening to hacker public radio at hackerpublicradio.org we are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website, or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.